0: Give us the anointing to speak and the anointing to hear. We thank you, Father. We take authority over every spirit of darkness that may try to hinder your word. That, Lord, we will hear the word and apply it in our hearts. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I have been teaching, and I think what I'm teaching in my thinking. They are teachings that if you apply them and use them, they will change your life. How many of you remember what I was teaching last, the past two weeks? The basis on which God blesses people. How many of you remember? Number one is hear his word, believe his word, and obey his word. And last week we talked about act his word. Number one is that you hear his voice, believe his voice, uh, then obey his voice. Then last week we talked about act his voice. Come on, shall we say it together, number one? Number two. Number three. Then number four, act his voice. Okay, Now those who are in the clock stop, please. Come home, amen. <laughs> because in the clock stop there was fire, fire. You understand? Oh, I'm telling you, those ladies, that led you can. I don't know. Can preach for one hour like that? <laughs> I'll try one day. You should pray for me. I try that one day. Because she never said don't try that at home. So, I can't. Mama Combo, I can try one day, don't you think so? (laughs) Okay, now, please pay attention because this is very crucial. Many of us have been in the Lord for some time. We have prayed, we have believed God for miracles. And as I'm saying, there comes a time of discouragement. There comes a time of questioning whether this Christianity is working, whether the very word that people teach, the faith that we learn is working. I mean, you can question that. I have questioned that at one time, thinking I have heard that if I do this, I'm born again, God is going to bless me. God will give me miracles. God is doing that. But you see there are times when I just saw that it's like it is not working. It's like prayer anyone who has ever seen like at one time you feel like that am I the only one? Now it's not that prayer is not working but God has a way of working. Let me use loosely the word the formulas. They are formulas. That he uses or protocols how many of you still remember God's protocol? Uh? Uh-huh. Uh uh-huh. So I have been teaching God's protocol, don't you think so? That's God's protocol. He speaks the word, you hear the word, believe the word, and act the word. Very important. And I mean, some of us, things have been so tough in our lives. But you see, God never misses his protocol. He always works according to the protocol. He speaks the word. We hear the word, believe the word, obey the word, and act the word. Very important. Now you see, some of us... We would want to break uh, to break the protocol, and say, "I just I want to go in." But when you are out of God's protocol, things will be very difficult. And sometimes we go out of God's protocol out of ignorance. We don't know how He works, and so we do things out of the protocol. And things are not working. When we get knowledge, it's very important to follow the protocol. The protocol of God. He speaks, we hear, believe, obey, and act. What does God do? He speaks, come on, let's go together. He speaks, we hear, obey, and believe, and come on, He speaks, we hear, believe obey act come on he does what he speaks we hear believe obey and act now many times god is speaking we're not hearing we're not hearing we sometimes we are not paying attention so when god is speaking we don't hear him sometimes god speaks we hear him but we don't believe because sometimes what God speaks sounds like it doesn't make sense. And because it doesn't make sense, it requires faith. It requires faith. Now, that's where we are missing. That's where we are missing. Now, for us to, to hear God's voice, believe, obey, and act, it requires faith. To act on the word of God requires faith. And faith also, sometimes we think we are walking by faith. But there are times when we give up faith. We give up faith. We give up. We do what? Give up. Uh, there is a man, I was, I was working with him in the Bible School in Botswana. He was one of the teachers. I was also a teacher in the Bible school. He, this man graduated from Rema Bible School, Tausa, Oklahoma. He was in the college of Kenneth eggings I worked with him and this guy was so serious about faith. I mean, if you mess up faith, he will be very angry. And one time I was preaching and I made a statement which he did not approve And he got very angry, almost walked uh, out of the service. But I said, please, I saw him, I said, please, for those who did not hear what I say, wait until I explain. And after I explained, he came to me and said, I never thought anyone can teach faith like that who has not been to Rema. So he left Botswana and he became a dean of students at Rema College, South Africa, here in Randbeck. And I lost him for about uh, four, five years. No, about seven years I lost him. Thank God for Facebook. Say, so thank God for Facebook. <laughs> so I went on Facebook. I was hunting for him. And he, I, I, I traced him up. And I sent him one mail. We are chatting on, on Facebook. Then he wrote me this. He said, Pastor Kansema, I no longer believe in the faith that I used to preach. I said, okay. I said, why? He said it was, it was a fake faith. So I said, now what are you doing? He's pastoring a Methodist church somewhere. Now listen to this. It may sound like, yo. <laughs> it's because, please, we learn faith on the surface and we try to use it, it is not working. It is not what? Now, I'm going to talk about my nephew. You have have to send him a CD. My nephew, innocent. Innocent God born again and he said, Uncle, send me books. I sent him books on faith. I mean, when I met Innocent, he talked like all of us don't know God. (laughs) Eh? I mean, I will sit with him. I mean, Innocent, when he was a baby, I was carrying him. Kana is my nephew, eh? And I got born again. He was still a child. I began to preach, he's still a child. So he read some books on faith. And he will preach to me faith. I'm just looking at him. And you tell me, uncle, you will see what God is going to do. I'm looking at him. One year finishes, I don't see what God is doing. How many of us have been where I'm talking about? Come on, lift up your hand. Faith is very important But we have to understand some principles of faith. Otherwise, we will learn that we have to act on the word. But our faith is failing us. Now, I mentioned about that man. And I mentioned uh, Pastor Innocent. The next one on the line is me. I also did that. I had faith. You act by faith. Act by faith. And I acted by faith. I almost hate myself. And I reached a point where I thought these people who say you can do anything, nothing is impossible by faith, somehow deep down in my heart, I thought they are just saying it. This thing is not working. Because I did my confession, it not come to pass. Amen? Amen. Now, we need to know why sometimes faith stops to function So that we don't act. We are failing to act. And some of us, this message, if you hear it very well, it will change your life. Because you are where I have been and where some people have been. Now, the enemy, who is the devil, can sneak into our lives and cause faith to stop functioning. He puts us in the place... That we can hear faith. We can hear the word. We can come to church. We can read books. But he has put us in the place. Where basically faith has stopped to function. We can't walk in faith. We can hear it. We can hear people preach it. But we are in the place. Where basically speaking. We cannot walk in faith and here are four things that the devil uses to cripple our faith and cause our faith to stop working number one is what we call the power of negative imagination say the power of negative imagination say it again please say it like you are really serious Okay? Now, faith, faith is in the spirit. You have faith. But, faith cannot work if your mind does not line up with what is in the spirit. Because you are going to decide with your will. You will make a move with your mind. You do not believe with your mind. You believe with your heart. And doubt with your mind. So faith is in the heart. Doubt is in the mind. Faith is in the heart. Doubt is in the mind. We do not take an action by the heart. We take an action because we believe then use the will in our heart in our minds now listen to me now the enemy can bring us in what we call negative imaginations negative imagination there is positive imagination there is also negative imagination now negative imagination Is what you see, you perceive in the inward or on the canvas of your mind. Negative imagination. Let me say imagination. Imagination is the power to see on the canvas of your mind. Is the power to see what you cannot see with your eyes. You imagine, you see things. Now, what we imagine... Can either cause fear or it can cause faith. Now, every one of us, we have passed through experiences. Say experience. I did not hear you. We have heard things. We have seen things. We have experienced things. We have heard things. We have seen things, we have experienced things. Now, what we see, hear and experience determines our imagination. What we hear, see and experience determines our imagination. You see, as I'm talking now, as I'm talking now, all of you are looking at me. You are hearing me, but you are not thinking the same. Some of you are thinking he's a good man. Because you heard I'm a good man. And you believe I'm a good man. Some of you are thinking he's a crook. Because you heard I'm a crook. Some of you are thinking he's fake. Anybody thinking like that? All your thinking are just based on what you have heard, seen, or experienced. Because maybe I told you something and I never fulfilled it. That was an experience. That the pastor said he's going to do this and he never did that. He had a wrong experience with me. And that wrong experience can determine what you think of me. So experiences, what we hear, what we see determines our imagination. We see we see sometimes with our minds. When somebody whom you have heard that is a good man will walk to you and speak something that is not true. Believe me, you will believe it. Because in your mind, you are convinced is a good man. The power of imagination. Now, this is what the devil does. He brings information about you, about your situation, or he passes you through experiences. Now, these experiences begin to change the way you think. And the devil will make sure you and me hear negative things, about ourselves, about our situation, and he makes sure we pass through negative experiences. Now, when you have passed this negative experience, and I stand on the pulpit and say, God is going to change your circumstance, your mind, you will say, I have heard that before. And nothing changed. Your mind will tell you that. If the, if the enemy can pass you in a lot of sickness situations, you have been sick for a long time, people have prayed for you. Pastors have prayed for you. You have prayed and fasting and fasted. That sickness is going. Somehow, you have developed this imagination, the, the image of saying, "I'll live with this." You can see yourself living with that. You can pass through financial challenges. You pass through lacking financial problems. And as you pass through after a long time, there is this image where if I can talk abundance, you can't see it. If I can say out of beds, you can't see it. If I can say prosperity, You can't see it. Now you can't see it not because you have no capability but because the enemy has worked on the imagination and he has given you and me this wrong image about ourselves and where we are going. Amen? Amen. You still love me good people? Say imagination. Imagination. Now, once your image, image, out of your imagination, you have a wrong image. I can tell you, there is no one who is going to preach the way that you listen to it. You will listen to it, but you will never act on it. You won't believe it. You You won't. You won't. You won't. There are some of us, who cannot see ourselves becoming what you thought you would become when you were young? You had this dream. You were a believing God. It could be in a relationship. You had this dream of a good marriage. Wonderful marriage. You and your wife or your husband loving one another. But you entered into the marriage for three, four, five years. It was hell. And you are used to hell. And even if you come to the marriage seminar, we are teaching that your marriage can work. You can't see it. Ten years of hell has formed an image of how marriage is. Some of us, uh, maybe we married, you divorced, or... You had a boyfriend or girlfriend and this boy was an abuser. And when we are talking about good men, you can't see anyone. Your mind will tell you all men are crooks because you have an image of men who are crooks. That image, that image, as long as it remains in you, There is no way you are going to believe the word of God. I can tell you that. That cripples your faith. It cripples your faith. Touch your head and say, Lord. Thank you. For a sound mind. In Jesus name. Now I want you to locate your imagination about yourself. In some areas of your life. What do you think about yourself? If you go to the book of Numbers. You find the children of Israel. When they were sent. To spy upon the land. They brought a report. That is Numbers chapter 13. Verse 32. To 33. Numbers chapter 13, verse 2 to 33. You see it on the screen? And they, and, okay, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land, are you there? The land through which we have gone, as spies, is a land that devours its own inhabitants. Is it really true that these people is eating its... King James says it eats its own people. Is it true that the land of Canaan was eating people? That's what they are thinking. It was not true. They thought so. And they said what they thought. How I many are you still there? Okay. And all the people whom we saw in there are many of greatest stature, big people. Are you there? Go to verse three. There we, there, we saw the giants, the descendants, the descendants of Anak, came forth from forth as giants, and we were like grasshopper in our own sight. Is it an earthquake? Oh, I saw the screen moving. Thought maybe we have an earthquake today. Okay. We saw ourselves in our own eyes as crash operas. And so we are in their sight. Now look, hear me. They said when we saw these people, we, we saw ourselves as crash operas. So they also saw us there as what? Crash operas. I mean, how do you know how pe- that people are seeing you as crash operas? It's because themselves saw them or imagined themselves as crosshoppers. And because they imagined themselves as crosshoppers, they thought their enemies also saw them as crosshoppers. When they said that, God said, I can tell you, your business going to Canaan ends here. Because the way you have said, according to what you have seen in your mind, it shall be like that. And God said you are not going to go into the promised land. The power of imagination. Faith cannot work. So, that's why the Bible says, guard your mind. Because out of your mind comes all issues of life. Now, don't worry about what you think about others. Worry about what you think about you. That's the first big problem. The enemy passes us through experiences where, practically speaking, we don't see anything good coming out of us. Out of imagination. It came out of experience. What do you hear? So. And experienced. Amen. Amen. Say faith. Faith. Cannot work. When my imagination. imagination Is negative. negative. You are not what you imagine. You are what God says you are. Very very important. You are not what you think. You are what God thinks about you. Your situation is not what you are thinking, what we have experienced, but what God has said about us. Now, when we're talking about faith, our thinking, our imagination is Very crucial. Come on, say very crucial. crucial. Let me give you a tip. That's why the enemy passes us through prolonged problems. His, His goal is to make sure the prolonged problem produces a negative imagination. Because any challenge Or any negative thing you stay in for a long time produces an imagination. Produces an image. You think it, you see it. Very important. Go to the book of Genesis. Abraham was like that. Abraham was like that. Abraham married, and they had no children for a long time. He was barren, and uh, when God came to Abraham, and He told him, "You shall have a child," Abraham did not believe it. You, 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 do you know that it took a long time for Abraham to believe? Sarah, when God said you are going to have a child, Sarah laughed. Do you know that Abraham also at one time laughed? He laughed. But here is what God did. He knew he cannot bring him to the place of faith until he changes his image. And so what God said was, Abraham, come out. It was in the evening. God visited him at night. In summer, it was not in winter. The sky is bright. Stars. And he says, Abram, come out. Two things he did. Number one, he put him, he says, Abram, go on the high place. Look, whatever you see, the land you see, what you see is what you are going to possess. I said, what you see affects your imagination. So, Abraham was saying, this is my land. Somehow, he began to imagine the land. Then God said, another time, come out, look up. When he looked up, he saw the stars. Then God said, as you see the star, I can imagine the mind of Abraham snaps the stars. Then God says, you are not seeing the stars. Those are your children. The mind of Abraham captured the stars. He saw these numerous stars. And God says, those are your children. When the picture came, he saw it. The Bible says, and Abraham did what? Believed. God had to deal with his imagination. God had to deal with the state of his mind. What are you imagining about yourself? When you sleep, you wake up. What do you think about yourself economically? As the experiences that you have passed through, as the experiences crippled your imagination, you never see yourself again. Going where you thought you can go. Are you still with me? Yes. Say imagination. imagination. Power of imagination. The devil uses negative imagination to cripple our faith. Now I can pray and pray. I pray please. One of the things you need to do. Make your mind thinking positively. Let me not use script. Positively, think the Bible. Even in the situations where you are, in the situations where I am, I think the Bible. Immediately the devil begins to cause you and me to think problems, imagine problems, imagine our experiences. Faith is crippled. You still love me? The devil is a liar. You are not your experience. I am not my experience. We are what God says we are. Our experiences cannot change the word of God. Our experiences can change. But the word of God cannot change. So the enemy causes us to see ourselves as we have heard, as we have seen, and as we have experienced. Amen. Amen. So, number one, the devil to cripple my faith, to creep our faith, he will use the power of negative imagination or the power of wrong imagination, the power of wrong thinking. You see yourself dead. You see yourself going nowhere. You see yourself amounting to nothing because of experience that's why uh, please listen to this that's why when you look at countries that are developing or people who have who have embarked on uh, extraordinary programs they don't go to old people they select the youth whose minds are still clear and positive and they begin to tell them what they can do. Begin to tell them where they can go. These children are, go- are growing with this imagination. That's why, if you go anywhere where there is a war, the most notorious soldiers are not old soldiers, they are teenagers, child soldiers. Because old people have suffered, they know. Even if you are telling them this country is going to do this, they know we have been there. I was there when Mabutu Seseko was there. I was there when Kabila was there. And you know, you were there. You were there in the time of Lumumba. You were there in the time of KK. You were there in the time of Welensiki. You were there whatever, whatever. So when they are talking, you are just looking as... These just, but if I can tell children who have not been there, who have not been there, and I tell them we are going to change this world, we, we will be having juice out of taps. This country will be so prosperous. You will be, I mean, once we win the enemy, we are not going to be drinking water. Our taps shall be juice. What juice do you like? This one, lemonade. <laughs> What about you? I like lemon juice. The other one says, I like apple juice. Yeah, we're going to change this country. Juice shall be driven. The boys will believe it. But the elderly people, they will think, "Ah, we heard this. Amen? Amen. We heard this from Oliver Tambo. We also heard it from Mandela. We also heard it from Tabombeki. We heard it from Kalema Mutanti. Uh, this Julius is just the same. <laughs> Are you still with me, good people? So, this happens to us. Now, the best thing to do is to guard your mind and begin to think the Word of God. The Bible says, Think ye about this thing. Change, go to the Bible. Now what you do to change your mind is to deliberately go to the Bible. In the opposite, where you think wrongly, go to the Bible and begin to assimilate or take the word, confess it. This is who I am. I'm a child of God. I mean sin. Shall we say sin? sin. Say it again. Sin. You can fall in one sin continuously. And your imagination is crippled. Even if people are talking about victory, you cannot see it. The enemy, that's why the enemy can choose one area of your life. He, he just holds on past you again and again, again and again, again and again. After some time, you conclude this is who I am. That's not what you are. You are what the bible says you are come on say i am am. what the bible says i am am." say it again please for the last time say it believing it come on say it again say my experiences have no final say upon my life the word of God as a final say upon my life. Say, so my experiences have no power to change the word but the word has the power to change my experiences. Let go negative experiences. Let them go. They all we all experience negative things let them go embrace the word of god about your life about your circumstances about your situations take your dream take your the imaginations of your youth the imaginations you had when your faith was on top go back see god the loving god See God healing you. See yourself prospering. See yourself achieving. See yourself marriage. Yeah. Marriage. See that good marriage. See your husband changing. Because the Bible says, as you have seen and said, so it shall be in your life. It's a process. But embark on seeing. What the Bible says. People can kill you. People can kill me. People can make bad comments on you. Some of you you are working with bosses who are horrible. All they say about you is you can't do it. You. You can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. Sometimes it's not even our our bosses, it's our parents. How many of you have watched a comment called Mr. Ibu? Anyone? I want to check Mr. Ibu. Ibu and the son. Come on, just lift up your hand. There's nothing wrong, Mr. Ibu. Mr. Ibu? Okay. Mr. Ibu. The son came to Mr. Ibu and said, Papa, you know the Nigerian name? Papa, when I grow up, I want to be a driver. The father said, you, driver, you mean driving a wheelbarrow? He says, no, papa, driver of a car. He said, my son, you will never drive a car in this world. Maybe in the world to come. It sounds like a joke, but you see, our parents can say things upon us that we can think we cannot go anywhere. People can say things about us that we think we are not going anywhere. There are prophets of doom that speak into our lives and they affect our imagination. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. So that's the first weapon the devil uses. And I pray by the grace of God, you will use the Bible to see yourself the way God sees you. The way I see you is not final. I may see you like you are not going anywhere. I may see you like you are just nobody. But God doesn't see you as a nobody. We, we see one another differently. But God has a final say and believe the word of God. Number two. What does the devil use to cripple our faith? Now, When you see yourself negatively like that, for a long time, you develop what we call hopelessness. Negative imagination kills hope and hope is key to the working of our faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 to 2. Faith is the substance of things Hoped for. Come on, say after me. Faith, faith is, the is the substance of things, of things hoped, for. hoped for. Say it again. Faith is the of now look on the screen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hoped for. Which means, let me say it, let me paraphrase it. Faith gives. Substance to the things We are hoping for Or faith Turns things we are hoping For into tangible Form please Faith Gives substance To the things we Hope for or Faith makes The things we hope for Become tangible Which means If you have no hope There is nothing faith can make tangible. So where there is no hope, there's no faith. You cannot exercise faith where there's no hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'm hoping for a car. Then if faith brings a substantial car, I'm hoping for healing. Then if faith brings healing, I'm hoping to come out of debts. Then if faith takes me out of debts. Now, when your hope is gone, you can't exercise your faith. If you are in the hopelessness situation. Now, some of us, we are praying and we are thinking we are using faith, but if you look in the depth of your heart, you don't see any hope. There's no hope. That this can happen. The, you can't see it. You hope. There's no hope. You are just trying. And once the devil brings you and me. At the place of hopelessness. It cripples our faith. And therefore you have to keep your hope alive. Say keep your hope alive. Say I must keep my hope alive. And how do you keep your hope alive? Of course it begins with your thinking. You must think it. You must see it, believe it, put it in your mind, and say it can happen. Because you can't exercise faith where there's no hope. Now, hopelessness, hopelessness is a demonic strategy to kill our faith. Are you still with me, good people? These are basic but important principles. That's why, even though you have nothing, even though it looks like time is gone, keep on hoping. Because faith is always hankered on hope. You can't walk by faith if your hope is destroyed. Keep hoping. It can happen. Somebody says, but it, you say, no, 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 I don't care. It can happen. It can happen. It can happen. Even if your faith is low, keep on what? Hoping. Because once hope goes, there is no way you are going to move in faith. Faith is anchored on hope. And one of the faith killers is the Spirit of hopelessness. Hopelessness can kill your faith. You still with me? Now, how do you make your hope alive? Very simple. Read the testimonies of people. Listen to people who can encourage you. I mean, when you are going through Good people, look at me, please. Oringut recently. You don't need people who always fuel your hopelessness. Who say, we understand, sister. You know, sister, this, we understand. It, it, it's okay for you to feel like this. Because even me, if I was in this situation, I could feel like this. You don't need what I call negative consultants who will tell you, you know what, Especially, you are a black man. You will never make it. You know it. I, I mean, at this moment, as long as you have food and bread, that's okay. You know, some of these things you, you are just troubled. People, oh no, you don't need people like that. When you are feeling the sense of hopelessness, go to the books of biographies. Read of people who were in a worse situation like you. But God lifted them. They made it. As you are reading their biographies, it will bring hope. Hey, if this one would happen to him, I mean it can happen to me. If it this one had a breakthrough, I can also have what? A breakthrough. If this one, you don't need people who, who, who will teach you how to die quickly. <laughs> Are you still with me? Yes. Biographies. Go and read the biographies of people. Some of you who are ladies and you want to preach like, like one of the preachers, and you are you are battling in life now. Why don't you read the biography of Catherine Kuman? She was born in a very poor family, very sickly. And she started preaching. She made the worst mistake you can think of. She went and took another man's another woman's husband. But Bamudim. Preacher. She's a woman of God. She invites an evangelist to come and preach in a church. When the evangelist is preaching, she's admiring it. We are not talking of Muzalwane, Murut. With the congregation. And by the time. The evangelist was leaving the church. The deal was already what? Concluded. So the evangelist just went to divorce the wife. After divorcing the wife, married Catherine Cuman. But a day, do you see any hope with a person like that? Looks like you have, it's worse. But the day came, she realized this is wrong. And she divorced the man. She has another bad record. Man, husband grabber and a divorcee. Say husband grabber and a divorcee. Come on, say it again. Yeah. When she made things right with God, God used she's one of the God's generals. Now, some of you have not even grabbed an, an, an husband. No. You have not done that yet and you never do it in Jesus' name. <laughs> Are you still with me, good people? I, I mean, don't you think that can encourage you? If God can use a, a, a husband grabber and a divorcee, don't you think there is hope for you? You read people like that. You know, there are people who preach like they have never done any mistake. Yeah. I got born again when I was 18 years. Or when I, I was 9 years. I made up my mind for Jesus. I never drank. I never, and you, you were drinking like a fish. <laughs> Even after being born again, you took some wine. So you begin to say, hey, I don't qualify. Read human. That's why... The Bible talks about Elijah. He was a man with weakness like us. But he prayed. So don't bury yourself in your experiences, in your failures, in your weaknesses. Read the people who are weak like you, who are broke like you. And God lifted them up. They made mistakes like you. I was reading a, a biography of one man. His name is Hilliard. Evie Hilliard. As a matter of fact, I was, I, I was not reading his biography. He was preaching. He was a Baptist. He preached for many years. He, he did not have more than a hundred people. And his church was growing. Uh, he, he reached about 300 people. After he reached 300 people, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Baptist. So he came on Sunday to announce... That I am going to start now praying for the sick. I'm going to lay hands on the people. I'm going to be preaching. People will be speaking in tongues. The church was quiet. Next Sunday, how many people came to church? 23. Out of 300. Now he has preached for so many years. And he has worked for 300 people. Only when he got, only to remain with 23. And you realize you, you have 60 people, don't you think so? If I were a preacher, you can say, hey, there's what? There's hope. But we are looking on people like they have never battled the way we have battled it. We are only listening to people who have this, this, this honeymoon life through and through. It kills your hope. So read the biographies. Read biographies of men who failed, they went bankrupt. And you were bankrupt. People made mistakes. They repented. And it gives you hope. Gives you hope. Lift your right hand to the Lord. They say, There's, hope There's hope for me. Say it again. Hope for me. Say it again. Amen. There's a lady who got married at 76. She never got married. She, didn't, she, got, she never got married. She married at 70 what? No, I'm serious. She's in Botswana. Very rich woman. She was a single, senior single. She could have got all the certificates of senior single. <laughs> Kaboroni senior single. At 76. How many? 76. She got married. Now you are just 35. Can't you get... <laughs> A man? Amen? Or oh, you are 50. You are supposed to say, if 76 got married and me 35, I'm not even half her age. Come on, say there is hope for me. Now, the devil will kill your hope. Now, I'm encouraging you, please, I'm encouraging you. And I know, because I've gone through these things myself. I go through them. Where I hope, hope is gone. You are just thinking like, there are times I'm a pastor, but there are times where I even doubt if I'm called Because I see things are not going my way. And I'm saying, did I make a mistake to become a preacher? Or should I go into business? Because I think like I can do well in business. And I go and I read some preachers. I read, you get encouraged. So hopelessness will cripple your faith. It is Satan's strategy to cripple your faith. Number three. Are you getting something here? We are talking about faith killers. Number three, it is to come. The devil to bring you into the place of continuous anxiety. Continuous anxiety. Philip, the book of Philip, of Philip, four verse six to seven. We can also read Luke twelve twenty nine, but let's go to Philippians. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 7. I hope I'm talking to somebody this morning. Be anxious for nothing. Listen, that is not a request. God is saying be anxious for nothing. But in everything, 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 Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, everything, it doesn't exclude anything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You see there? Now, go to the book of Luke chapter 29. I'm about to finish. I promise that I'll be finishing 11 o'clock on dot. So don't come late. Don't you think so? You found? Are you there? Go to Luke 12, verse 29. Be not anxious. One of the, the faith killers is anxiety. When you feel this, your mind, your heart is pumping. I mean anxiety, you can feel it in the night when you wake up. Your heart is shaking. What will happen? Oh my God. What about tomorrow? And do not seek what you shall eat. Or what you should drink. No, have anxiety mind. An anxious mind. Don't think. By that it doesn't mean you don't have to think about eating or no plan. No. It means don't worry. Eh? Do not seek what you should eat, what you should drink. nor have an anxious mind. Anxiety. Once you, once let me begin from the top. Your thinking is wrong. Hope is gone. Now there comes this Anxiety. You are so anxious. It is like somebody will just come and kill you tomorrow. Now, this is the time when people take drugs. This is the time when people think of committing a, uh, suicide. This is when the people begin thinking a lot of wrong things. They begin to indulge in some Things that are not right. They take drugs. They drink to kill the anxiety. They think of killing themselves because their thinking is wrong. There is no hope. Anxious comes in. Or anxiety. Your faith cannot work. And when you see these levels I'm talking about, some of us, we are living in continuous anxiety. We are so anxious. So we don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. And people think of killing themselves. Hey, one of the things myself I'll never do, I can promise you, is to kill myself. Even if you are going to tell me I'm going to shoot you, I would rather wait for you. Pradventure your can won't go off. So there is hope, don't you think so? Even if you shoot, you will say you are dead, my eyes are you can miss. (laughs) Amen? Amen. There's a possibility of when you want to shoot, then something bites you, you do this, they go. (laughs) And maybe you only had one bullet. Then you do this, I'm, I'm okay. And I run away. But anxiety will let you kill yourself before you are ready to be killed. For those who are owing people too much money, I am not saying you must be owing, but don't kill yourself. Just stay. Who knows they'll forgive you? (laughs) Or the person who you owe is going to die before he comes to kill you. He dies. (laughs) And the debts are already what? Canceled. So just stay. Just what? Stay. And I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's good. Because anxiety can cause you to do things that are not right. Anxiety will cause you to start running up and down and borrowing money. You put yourself more in debt. Anxiety can cripple your normal and the rational thinking. So the Bible is saying, do not be anxious. Just enjoy yourself. anxiety can it can it take appetite. It can it depends on who you are. Some people, when they are anxious, they will eat the whole fridge. <laughs> While others, when they are anxious, they lose what? Appetite. So for take a deep breath for those who lose appetite take a deep breath and you tell the devil and say you will see me eat the meal take your heart now once you do that you are bringing yourself in a place where you can think rationally you are bringing yourself because that is talking about faith if you read go down it says oh yeah of little what faith why do you worry why are you so anxious anxiety and worry are faith killers. Listen to me. The Bible says don't worry. Don't, worrying is not spiritual. Worrying is not normal. It's not good. Whenever you find worries are dripping in your, in your mind, refuse them. Now I'll give you a formula to receive one. To, 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 did I say receive? No. Refuse them. The formula to deny the mind going to worries is to speak. That was a time I slept in the middle of the night. I felt this anxiety and worry. I mean, I can feel it like liquid dropping on me. And I said out loud, I refuse to worry in the name of Jesus. I am not going to worry. I believe God is in control. I refuse to worry. I refuse to be anxious. You've got to speak out. Refuse to be anxious. Refuse to have a worrying mind. Because worry, anxiety, and anxiety cannot go hand in hand with faith. Am I talking here? My last point. Now, when worry and anxiety goes deeper, the next thing is fear grips your heart. <laughs> how, many of you have, how many of you know what fear is? Anyone who has ever feared here? Anyone here? Is there anyone who has ever feared? I'm not talking about you are moving, then, then somebody says, hey! then you do this. That's not the fear I'm talking about. No, no, no. That's not the fear I'm talking about. Or You are driving, then somebody drives in the front. You almost made an accident. That's not the fear I'm driving about. It is this fear that you, I mean, even your heart inside is shaking. Like something is going to, I mean you, it's like you will die tomorrow. Or they will, I mean, fear is evil. If you have never experienced fear, you should not even think of trying it. No, just pray that Lord, I heard it will never come to me. When, if you are under fear, even if the phone rings, you can do this. Just a normal phone. When the phone rings, you, have, you go like this. Anybody like that? Have you experienced that? Yeah. A person who opens the door, you do this. I mean, your heart is crippled with fear. Now, once the devil has reached you on level four, which is fear it will take you working your way out for faith to work. So, where does he start? Wrong imagination. From wrong imagination, hopelessness. From hopelessness, anxiety. When from anxiety, we reach the place of what? Fear. Now, the opposite of faith is fear. That's why when people were under where under, did not believe, God did not say, why didn't you believe in most cases? He says, why did you fear? Why did you fear? Because once you reach the place of fear, you can never take the step of faith. You can never take a step of faith under fear. You will know what the Bible is saying. You will hear the voice of God. You will know what to be done. But fear will hold you back. Lift your right hand to the Lord. And say, God has not given me the spirit of fear but of power of love and sound mind. Say it again. God has not given me the spirit of fear but of love, love, power, power, and and sound mind. Now, let me say this in conclusion, and I think we'll be dealing with this in the week, if the Lord permits. All the three, the four, imagination, hopelessness, anxiety, and fear, have the, cap- the potential of developing into a demonic state. You can have negative imaginations that move from normal to a demonic stage. You can have a hopelessness thinking or situation, fear and anxiety that goes to a demonic level. And when it goes on that level, you need, you need to resist the devil. Possibly go through deliverance. Submit your mind to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. The good news is this. No matter what level you are on, the power of the Holy Ghost is able to take you out. You know what I'm saying? Come on, say the power of the Holy Ghost. can take me out. out. Say it again. Say "The the grace of God is more than enough. I want to leave you with this brethren. You cannot reach a point where God can do nothing about you. There's no situation where you and me can reach where God can do nothing about it. There is no situation, no circumstance. You and me can be in where God can do nothing about it. God can only fail to do something about it. If we choose to live with our wrong thinking. We choose to live in hopelessness. We choose to live a life of anxiety and fear. But if we choose and we call upon the name of the Lord. Say Lord I come to you. Take me out Lord. Help me God. From, take me from where I am. And we go to the Bible. We begin to confess the word. We begin to do the right thing. We begin to speak the word. We begin to pray. Go to pray. I mean, listen to this. Please, I am not against you praying. But let me give you a tip. There is a fear driven prayer. How many know what I'm talking about? Fear can drive you into prayer. Fear can drive you into fasting. You just realize that, hey, where we are, where I am, if I don't fast, I'm dying. You are not really fasting because you believe God, because you are under fear. Fear can drive you to move from one conference to another. Fear can drive you To go from one preacher to another. You're not going to see the preacher by faith. Or in faith. Believing for a miracle. You are under fear. That's why even when the preacher says. Bring 5,000 I will prophesy on you. And a miracle will come. You go. I mean you are owing 50,000. You go and borrow another 5,000 to be prayed for. Is there any sense there? You are not thinking. So, to kill the power of fear, go to the Bible. Bury yourself in the word of God. Hear the voice of Jehovah God. What is God saying about you? What has he done for others?